Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. It is Redman Radio, the 74th edition. Uh, we're going to talk about Liverpool's imaginary rivalry with Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> a bit later on. Uh, we're going to kick off question. It's real, though, isn't it? Um, only in the, in the heads of Tottenham fans and people on Twitter. Um, but we'll get to that. Let's, let's, let's not get lost. Um, Gerald uh, at J. Kalai uh, on Twitter said, who's the Liverpool player most likely to rob a bank, Mr. Chris Page? <laughs> I've just seen this question for the first time. I'm going to say Adam Lallana. Why? Because he's the one that you would expect least Is to he? rob the bank. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. I've, I've just come up with this stuff. James Mill is probably fairly unlikely. I think all the English lads have come across as a bit... Maybe they're right. Maybe maybe it'd be like a trip. Maybe like like at the start of the Dark Knight, and they're all they've yeah. all got Joker I see, masks I see on. Adam Lallana as like more more point blank. Is it? Is that the film? You know what I mean? Where you'd you'd he's just a nice guy. He's just he's just oh, a bit gro- of, yeah, gross point blank. Gro- yeah. Is it gross point blank where yeah. they where they all wear the masks and the surfer dudes and all? Oh that no, no, that? sorry, point break. Point break. I, th- I see him more as maybe the point break kind of guy. He's yeah. just a cool dude who, who who's just chilling out in Bournemouth Beach, doing a little bit of surfing. <laughs> checking and, the lappies out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Checking the lappies out, and you just do not expect him to be the the mastermind of this uh, bank robbing syndicate. Okay, <laughs> that's, yeah, okay, that, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> I think we could have done that for anyone if we'd done that, to be yeah, fair. To be but, fair. Uh, but you didn't have the Bournemouth links with anyone no, else, did no, you? true, true enough. Um, did you notice me sort of freewheeling as I was going yeah, along a little no, bit there? No, not at all. I, no, I thought that was came across like well, a plan, that one. Perfectly God. well constructed. Um, I think Albie Moreno's got a bit of it about he's him. He's always the answer to all of because these Because he's just, he's just a bit mad, isn't he? I think he's got a bit of a, a 60s Batman villain about him. You know what I mean? Like I don't think he would. I don't think he'd work in this modern, gritty world that we live in and all this kind of stuff. But I think he could be a... A bit of an off the wall, an off the wall type. Yeah, I'm not saying not? he'd be successful. Probably very unsuccessful, to be perfectly honest. Like, but he, he but probably if you gets... watch like Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's Twelve, whichever one it is, where the little Chinese guy like jumps and leaps around yeah. and stuff. He's like perfect for that type of stuff. Because he's dead small. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be bang, I'd be bang up for that. Um, he does strike me as the kind of person who would get his shoelaces stuck in the vent and it's get caught. Also. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. Okay, um, we're going to talk through the, the news in a minute. We're going to talk about the Tottenham Hotspur game looming on the horizon. And we're going to take a load of your questions as well. Before we get into the news, just want to tell everyone we got a hundred thousand on Instagram. You know how? Did you notice there how I, I went a hundred thousand? Is it likes? Is it followers? I really don't know. 100,000 of the thing that it's measured by how many people get involved with your account. Um, can take minimal credit for it. Well, you know, we started it, but I, Defo, it was Defo Ross that's done a lot of the hard work on there. If you're not involved, just the Red Men TV on Instagram, some boss stuff on there. Uh, Ross is a very funny guy, I've noticed over the last year. Not in person, though. No, really, really. Like most funny people online, he's far funnier online than he is in. He's funnier looking in, in, in person. True. Sorry, Ross. Probably, probably going to have a long time to get us to 200,000 if we don't have Ross anymore. Uh, but yeah, no, if, you, if you're not involved on our Instagram, do get involved with some cool stuff on there. News and brief then. Uh, the FIFA Pro World Eleven um, nominees have been announced. Chris, Virgil van Dijk, Dejan Lovren, uh, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah in there. No great surprise there other than, you know, maybe Dejan Lovren? No, not really. I think, you know, when when you're a, a quality centre-back like him and you've got to the final of the Champions League and the final of the World yeah, Cup, yeah. 
Um, the surprise really is that Andrew Robertson's not been put forward, to be honest. Uh, yeah, maybe he's just not fashionable, fashionable or Brazilian enough. For this is being the running of things. No, I wonder I agree when the last that. time Scotland's captain actually made one of these things. No, that's a very interesting. It's a very interesting shelf. I'm, I'm, I'm glad in this regard. I mean, I had no shock to see Mo Salah up there, and I would be. I think he's almost a shoe in to make the make the world eleven. Um, to be honest, someone asked the question, and I'll ask this to you uh, when I was doing the news show earlier today. Can we rate Virgil Van Dijk as the best defender in the world if he hasn't won a major trophy? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I um it's I first of all I think it's just a matter of time that he wins a major trophy, but you know, I rate Pochettino as one of the best coaches in the, in football. Now he's not won a major trophy. But could he be could he be the best coach if he doesn't win if he doesn't win something? Maybe not, but there's more factors, isn't it? You know, it's not just it's not just Virgil van Dijk, he's part of a team, yeah. whereas Pochettino manages said team, yeah. so therefore I think the parameters are slightly different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know I, the, I mean? the stuff that I was thinking about this, in that, because because of the fact that it's a team sport, because I, I made the distinction that if you, it's like saying you can't become the best player in the world because you're from a country that can't win the World Cup. Now, you can move to a team that doesn't. I think that's what's happened. A lot of this gets lentils. It's almost like Barcelona, Real Madrid propaganda, this best player in the world thing, because I'm probably skewed by the fact that they've happened to have the two best players you know, in the world for the last decade or so. You, if this was a, like an Olympic event, more or less, or across the board for Olympic events, you can prove that you're the best in the world based on your technical abilities. Virgil van Dijk can't prove himself the best centre-back in the world whilst we have the parameters of ta- of silverware. But he, him being the best centre-half in the world, he can be the best tackler, the fastest, the best header, all of the things that make you a world-class defender. He could be the best in every one of those metrics. But for loads of people out there, they would not accept him as it because Sergio Ramos exists and he wins three consecutive or four and three years of, of, of Champions League and wins the Liga titles on alternative years and that's why it's always going to be difficult for someone like Van Dijk unless until Liverpool start to win yeah of course and you know <laughs> Sergio Ramos playing on Liverpool side might not win trophies it is a team sport. That's what it comes yeah. down to first and foremost isn't it now for me he's certainly the best centre I've I've seen in the last maybe eight or nine years at Liverpool Football Club quite easily. Um, you know, we watch a lot of European football. You can compare him to other centre halves in the league that we see all of them. Yeah. There's no one on his there's no one on his level. Now I don't watch Sergio Ramos every single week. So actually for me to make a claim of him as the best player in the world in his position is a bit stupid anyway. Because mm-hmm. I haven't seen them all. Yeah. You know, there might be someone playing in Sunday League that might be better. It's highly yeah. unlikely. It's highly unlikely. I mean, it, we, you know, we, we obviously we watch predominantly Liverpool. I think everyone who's involved in this podcast, listening or, or watching, you know, that's that's where it is. There's only so many hours in the day, of course. But you do watch the teams that you come up against, and I think it's fair to say. And, and it, what's great is it's actually backed up by by Pro Evo this year. Is Liverpool spine and rated by a computer game, and it's tough to say because I think people get lost in this sometimes. But there's the, you can tell when you've got very good players when. The metrics again judged by the people whose jobs it is to 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 rate these kind of people do it quite well. Although there was uproar apparently that Salah's not in the top ten in FIFA, but that's because FIFA shit. Um, <laughs> there you go. There's a can of worms for your comments. Enjoy that. Um, yeah, great. But like I say, it'd be great to see them all in there. Funnily enough, I think based on like the if you based it on the Champions League final, Mane and how they started the season, Mane probably deserves the the shout. But I don't think you can argue Mo Salah's last twelve months have been sensational. And as you say, Dejan Lovren, not as I don't think he's as good a defender as Virgil Van Dijk. I don't think he's as good a footballer. But not only did he make the Champions League final, as you say, he made the made the World Cup final as well. And be and, and the see. thing is, it's it's not it's not about who's the best player. It's who's had the best season. Mm. You know what I mean? Now over the course of their career. Van Dijk will probably prove to be a much better better than Lovren, but Lovren's had an outstanding season. Well, it is a bit of both, to be fair, because it's voted by your peers, and what it probably is, it's more, if you're, it's maybe not necessarily based on, on your season exclusively, because think about it, when you're like, well, name some players, you and I would automatically throw a, a bunch of names in there because I've heard of them, so there might be a degree to which this is, like Andy Robertson not getting nominations, because, let's be honest, if someone asks you for a, a vote for a left-back, 
you say Marcello, aren't you? More, more often than not, etc., etc. But I, I, like I say, I hope that the Liverpool's run to the Champions League might have, a, might have, a, and the World Cup in, in Lovren instance might have a strong impact on this. Uh, we've seen, Chris, that the Chelsea League Cup game has finally been scheduled. It's Wednesday, the twenty sixth. The only real uh, note around this is that we're playing them. We know we're playing them back to back, League Cup then League. We're still playing them at half five on the Saturday, which is un- which makes it a slightly more compacted schedule than it would have been if the game had been obviously on the Tuesday. Yeah, I, listen, I, I think Klopp would prefer it to be a nighttime game followed by a nighttime game mm-hmm. rather than let's say a seven a seven o'clock seven thirty quarter to eight kickoff whatever it is followed by a one o'clock on the Sunday game. Yeah, okay. So actually, I, th- I think Klopp will be quite pleased with that mm-hmm. because I know he likes to continue the training at the same time as the games. It's not as much of a shift. So actually, I think it's probably a good thing for oh, us. That's really interesting. Cool. Um, one really funny story that came out this week was Dribble Cisse decided to uh, this week. This it, it re-emerged this week. Re-emerged this, is, this, week. this has been poo-pooed for ages. So Dribble Cisse came out and spoke about his uh, Stephen Gerrard's speech at halftime in the Champions League final and said, "I will never forget Stephen Gerrard's talk at the halftime final of the Champions League." Benitez comes to the dressing room. He does his coach. I love how he just completely dismisses Rafa Benitez's impact on this. He just does his coach speech that we must not give up and then we need to score quickly. Stephen gets up and asks all the coaching staff to leave the dressing room because he wanted to be alone with just the players. All the staff left, even the physios who were giving treatment to the players. Again, that seems unlikely, but let's carry on. Stevie gets up and says that Liverpool is all he has. It is his club. All he has ever known. And he does not want to be the laughing stock of the history of the Champions League. He says that if we respect him and love him as a captain, then we need to dust ourselves off and get back in the match. He scores the first goal and gets the penalty. He has an extraordinary second half, finished the game as a right back. He has a crazy match, but that half-time speech will remain forever imprinted in my mind. Um, <laughs> Jamie <I'm> Carragher, <laughs> yeah. however, denies that this happened and basically says it may have happened, but only if he was one of the staff that left the room at the time. Yeah, um, I'm not denying that it happened in Gibral's head, <laughs> but I am going to say that it didn't happen in real life. This is like... I mean, it would have been a great story, and and here's the thing, I would have expected Gibral to put himself at the heart of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I like, rallied everyone around and said, Stevie, deliver the speech. He's probably tried that once or twice, and he's gone, no, Gibral, this isn't believable, mate. And he's gone... Stephen Gerrard. It was Stephen Gerrard, not me. I wonder if this is one of those things where an anecdote gets out of control. You know, like, maybe it was just like Stephen Gerrard just gave everyone a, a pat on the shoulder or maybe he said, like, yeah, come on, lads. And then he realised that people were well more interested in the Gerrard part of his story than the Rafa one. So he's just started to embellish upon it and, and more and more and more to the point where it's just become this absolute beast that's completely out of control. Um, to be fair, he didn't give much for the Rafa story. Yeah, I know. Like, well, that's what I mean. He's clearly just gone, oh, I don't give a Rafa's told this story with this. <laughs> so I've been re-listening to, for about the fifth time, the um, the Alan Partridge, I Partridge audio book, and it's got a lot of this, and it says, like, and my father's, uh, my, my father says, yeah, I've been to war, and I'd seen a person's head blown off. His his bite of egg seemed to suggest. And it just gets, like, like he's just seen Gerard looking stoically <laughs> off into the distance, and he's just imagined what Gerard's thinking and how he would be delivering this speech in his head for added dramatisation. Um Anyway, Jamie Carragher's called bullshit, um, but it, it was a, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful story, nevertheless. Um, <laughs> looking ahead, then, because obviously we know internationals are ongoing at the moment. Yeah. Good to see. Gini I've been Wijnaldum. told to be fair. Yeah, I know. I've watched nothing of them to be fair. Um, but what we have seen, uh, that a few of the players have had their two games already. They're done and dusted. And they're going to be on the way back. Genie Wijnaldum, Virgil Van Dijk, Mohamed Salah, and Sadio Mane should be back. Haven't played the games before the weekend, which is great. Um, there's still a number to go, including obviously England. Yeah, um, but the Brazilians is the big. It's the big pressure around there. We've had this a number of times. It's it's better when you've got Man City after that because they have a similar a similar sort of situation. Um, look, it's not ideal, and it, we're going to have this time and time again with Roberto Firmino. We're probably going to we're probably going to wrapping up in cotton wool and blah blah blah. It's simply put, Spurs is not the team. Spurs away from home is not the team I really want to face. Knowing that our goalkeeper and our 
linchpin centre forward haven't been in training with us this week. That's it. Like and, and listen, Firmino's obviously more important than Allison in this regard because of because of the positions that they play. Can we just go back to a world where everyone thinks Gabriel Jesus is better than Firmino and maybe mm. Firmino drops out of the squad this time yeah. instead of him getting starts. Yeah. Well, um, and even the fact like Fabinho went Fabinho went to and, play right back. Uh, to play right back. Great. Great. Thank you, Tite. What I don't get about this, what I don't get about this is, he's gone to, he's, you know, Brazil had the World Cup squad, he didn't make the World Cup squad, he hasn't played a professional game of football, he has got back into the Brazil squad. How has this happened? Yeah, just, just shits and giggles. Well, I mean, have the, have the, has, has, has the Brazil coach been down to Liverpool training to see how he's getting on? <laughs> he must have been pre-season. I mean, what, what's that about? He looked, yeah, I really liked the way that he just played slightly too deep and too slow for Liverpool's system in pre-season. Really won me over that. Perfect. Get him back that's at right back. That's the dunga roll yeah, sound. Get him back at right back. Um, yeah, fine. Yeah, that's, it's a shame. It's, a, it's an annoyance. Um, I think we're just the problem with all this is that um, you just, um, it's like ticking them back in through the door. It's like doing a head count going through going sound sound you're fine you're fine anything to know no you're fine get yourselves in there get yourselves into Melwood lads and it just means it's just a few more days of just crossing fingers and toes um you were a guest on the the, the Anfield Raps Weekender podcast this mm. week and I, I think it might have been on that podcast was mentioned like the Joe Gomez just just Joe Gomez I he's the one if there was one man who I'm just He's just, it's got it's written in the stars that he would come back injured having had such a promising start. That's exactly what Neil was saying. Like he's like, you know, I can see, I can, I can visualise him, and you know, he's he's laying awake at night hoping that Joe Gomez doesn't get injured. And I think we all are. We're so yeah. impressed with what Joe Gomez has brought to the table this season already. And to think he's had he's had less than ten games at centre half, yeah. and he's looking like a genuine peer of Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Doesn't look out of place in any way, shape, or form. And you and you you're talking about one of the lads who's been uh, nominated for this FIFA Pro World Eleven. He's keeping out of the side. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and the self-proclaimed one of the best defenders in the world as well. That's a that's a heavy heavy burden to bear. Um, yeah, that's the thing about Gomez. I think I am so bored of the story of Liverpool players being they. They just they get they get their opportunity and you go oh this is our chance to see them and then they just get unlucky. I'm so I've had enough of that story. I want the story to be because we haven't had enough of these stories. Is lad waits patiently, comes through it, all these injury problems, get his opportunity and proves that he's got he's got the ability to deliver. Because this is the thing, if he gets injured, I mean look I don't know what condition. Lovren is in. We don't know how we don't know how far away he is from being, you know, truly in contention or whatever. But Matip's there and fit and knocking knocking on the door. We know Klopp's got no problem putting Matip into games. It. This is such a big opportunity that if if Gomez were to get injured and he were to miss two weeks, three weeks, he might not get. He just might not get back think into he, the team. I, well, he might not, but I do think that he would. And I think one of the reasons for that is that, you know, we looked at, we split game time quite evenly between Matip and Lovren last season, didn't we? You know, and it was almost the horses for courses type of a thing. And it, it certainly felt like that watching it from the outside. And you look at it and you think, Lovren's the aggressive fella. You, you get in there when you want him to defend. And Matip's the guy who can pass a ball, you know, and, and he, can hit your, he can hit your centre forward and take four, four guys, five guys out of the game. And yet, wouldn't it be great if we had a centre half who could do both? <laughs> yeah. And lo and behold, we have, and his yeah. name's Joe Gomez, yeah. and he's kind of proven that. It's like it's great. Listen, I, I I didn't mind at the time was switching between Lovren and Matt because the performance levels from both of them was good enough. Yeah. But my word, how many times have we sat here over the years talking to your dad, talking to you, talking to anybody who'll sit and talk football with us and said, wouldn't it be great if we just had a partnership at Centre Half yeah. that could play every single game? Yeah. Because they're both right for this team. Yeah. And we've got that and there's certainly the, 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 the shoots of that partnership developing. Yeah. The lad's got everything and it, it's his ability to, to read danger for me. Every single time I, I watch him, I'm like... The lad just gets it, yeah. and he's got the skills to back it up. Yeah, and at, at, at that time, a fullback's done him no harm whatsoever as well, because you know I remember you having some fears about the, him and Trent playing in the same back four at the start of the season. And look, there will come time; they're both young lads. They will make mistakes, and we'll have to we'll have to deal with it, and they'll have to deal with it and learn from it. 
However, it does look like Joe Gomez. And the fact that Joe Gomez gets he's getting moved back to right back in games when we're when we're shutting them down as well. You just know you just know having that knowledge and, and having knowing what the expectations are from the guy playing alongside him, that's that's part and parcel of us creating this tight back four unit. I, I, absolutely. And listen, you know, that time at right back, as you said then, is gonna have done him the world of good. But equally, I look I look at it and I think there are still games where I'd probably play him at right back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's not to say that Trent's doing a bad job in any way, shape or form. But if it Lovren, is probably to say that Klein's doing a bad job though. Well, listen, I don't know what Klein we've got anymore. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely don't. I can't you can't base it off pre season games. Yeah. I thought Fabinho was all right in pre season. I wouldn't have said he was a fifty million pound player. Yeah. But I know that Klopp won't have made a mistake on him as well. For me, Joe Gomez is is a, a huge asset for Liverpool Football Club right now and you know if you can pick up your centre-back partnership in today's day and age for around about 78.5 million, I think you've done all right. Yeah. And that's exactly what we might have done. Absolutely. We might have picked our back four up for 86 million. We might have picked our back five up for about 150. Yeah. Ask Man City if you think that's a good deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a bloody good deal. It's a bloody good deal. Yeah. And moreover, when they have to inevitably properly replace Vincent Company, and then all of a sudden that will look like a total bargain. Yeah, bro. And let's talk more about Spurs then, Chris. Um, look, without a doubt, the first proper test of the season. We've 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 passed it so far. I wouldn't say we've passed the first four games with flying colours in any in any way, shape, or form. But there is that the the one lingering. It's not a criticism. It's a it's a, a fine act of minge baggery that's coming from people around this. Is we're not we've not we've got twelve points from twelve, but compared to last season and the teams that we face, we've not gained any points on last season. We're only beating the teams that we, we that we that we managed to beat last year. This is very much you know we're returning to the seed of Dejan Lovren's crime. This is a real opportunity to t- to give well to to find out where this squad and this team's at. Yes, this weekend. No, for where the season is, I think you can have uh, you can get beaten by Tottenham. Anybody can be beaten by Tottenham. I think they can beat Manchester City. Yeah. I can, you know, they they whooped Manchester United. Where we are right now isn't where we're going to be at the end of the season. Yeah. So I wouldn't read too much into if we got beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and equally, when we got beat by them last season, that wasn't the same team that finished the season. And yeah. it was much later on. You know, it was twenty second of October or something. We played them, and that that game happened. I am really interested to see, and I think there's a lot of respect between Klopp and Pochettino, I'm really interested to see what we do differently this time to what we did against them last time. And, you know, there's nothing but playing the game out to see what's going to happen there. Tottenham are a great side, and I think they've been really smart in not adding to that squad. I think, you know, I'm, I'm probably swimming against the tide here. But I truly believe that that was probably a good move for them. If they couldn't upgrade the side, mm-hmm. then why upset the apple, apple cart? I'm not sure it's a, it's a smart... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the base logic of it, it's absolutely smart. Like anything, it's smart until you've got a man injury crisis and then it's... You've it's a it's well it's a it's a gamble, isn't it? More than more than anything else. But yeah, it would be. I would really like the wheels to come off spares. Uh, you know, that would be be, be a very nice thing. But I, from a... Um, from a, taking a positive perspective, you're right. It's not something that you judge an entire season on, but it would be it would be a solid indicator if you can go and you can go considering how badly they turned us over last year to be able to go there because that's what's going to be the thing. The thing that's going to going to get Liverpool across the line if they want to win a title this season. You've got to replicate what you did last year, but you've got to put the cherries on the cherries on top effectively. And the cherries on top are the games against your major rivals. Now, you don't need to go away from home and beat your major rivals. You need to go away from home and not get beaten by your major rivals. So, you're right, I wouldn't say we have to go out there and, and smash them off the par. But if you go there and you pick three points up, well, that's two points. That's that's two massive points that you've earned there, and they end up being the ones. They they could be the ones that make the, the the difference come the end of the campaign. Because let's face it, they were the ones that we so catastrophically lost at times last. Yeah, year. and of course, I think you've got to be almost pragmatic. And Mourinho's won titles by being pragmatic against the, his rivals for years and years now, hasn't he? Um, we're in a we're in a fortunate position that Tottenham dropped points last time out. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't probably be losing too much ground on them, even if we were to get beaten. But 
it's like a it's it's like a dagger to the heart of them if you can go there and get that three points because then they're looking around the dressing room and whether they think I'm right or not, they're going, Why didn't we? Yeah. Why didn't the Bosch get more reinforcements in here? Look it's what when Jakeri comes off the bench and look wins, what yeah. Liverpool have done here. They've just brought they brought these players in and they've improved. And I don't think we can catch them now. Yeah. And that's the type of psychological yeah. blow that you can get this weekend. Yeah. Uh, which probably not enough people are talking about. So. Yeah, that's it. And you're right because you want to say you want you want them walking out of that that ground going, God, he's got to a Champions League final last year, and now we are X amount of points behind them already, and it's only and they're not of, playing that well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and that, and yeah, so you, you, you're dead right. And you, you, this is not. I I don't think you go when you when you breaking the season down. In the sections, I don't think you look at spares away as a, as a banker in any way, shape, or form. I don't think historically it's 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 been that either. But yeah, in terms of laying a market down, th- that's that message. It's, it's not even a message to to spare. I'm not even asked about the message to spares. It's a message to Manchester City. If you go away, uh, you go away and do that because we've been fortunate that we've been able and because I've, I've been able to watch a fair more football in the opening month of the season than I would normally do non Liverpool because there's almost every week there's been a head to head clash and we've swerved all of them so far so there's been an enjoyable game where one of our rivals whether it's historic or genuine have dropped points which has been absolutely lovely they all the, the roles are reversed so Man City are looking at this time going well one of Liverpool or Spurs are going to or one or both of Liverpool or Spurs are going to drop points this week great we go out there we capitalise and then all of a sudden things are looking back on track that's why, again, the psychological impact is massive. The big thing I want to talk about, and obviously it's in the title of this week's podcast, um, I was asked this, I think there's a video going out on the Ball Street YouTube channel this week. Um, it might not make it out because the, uh, Flav's thrown this for Tottenham fan, does the fighting cock, the start of the Tottenham Hotspur podcast. Um, they, I was asked about the rivalry between the clubs and where... Where is this idea that there's a rivalry between us and Spurs come from? I don't know. I think if you'd ask both sets of fans, I'd imagine that both sets of fans are saying there isn't. I, I, yeah. Well, I think what's happening is both sets of fans are saying it's coming from the the rivalry's coming from the other side. Yeah. Which and is I exactly know. what I'm saying. Yeah. There isn't a rivalry. If you ask a Tottenham fan, he'd probably go, it's not from us yeah. type of thing. It is, it is probably born out of being there or thereabouts with them and fighting for the same types of players for the last few years. Now, Tottenham fans will probably be in the comments right now saying, we've finished ahead of you for how many X amount of years? And yeah, fair enough, you have, but we're still a bigger club than you. Yeah. We'll always be a bigger club than you. We're better run, I think, than you now as well. Yeah. Um, and we've just, we're just a better side than you. I was, I just, so is it just jealousy from them now? I don't know what it is. I, I, I think the Man City fans have a bit of this as well, and I think it's the... Because we we've now got the opp- opportunity to not just talk about our history, but we're also good and quite good in the present as well. So it's all relevant all of a sudden because we can tie back things and you know and, and bring things. Same with City, like you know they they can remember their entire history because it's only been a few years. And <laughs> yeah. Same with Chelsea fans, you can almost remember everything. I remember you? when Oasis were dead big and Georgie Kincladzi played for them too. It was smashing. Um, for he Franny Lee, he was um, a hell of a player. But Kincladzi, he was. Um, but the yeah, I. I still have this thing where because I was it was it was when I was doing the Champions League draw and the lad there's a lad by a Bardi who does the um, does the Fighting Cup podcast and he was there he heard, he heard me filming my answers and he come out and went it's it's cause you're scared of us and I was like I'm really not well, I, I this is honest right whenever the other day it was after, not long after and I was writing down. The, the the teams in the in the, the top six to do our next uh, like agenda or whatever. Do you always forget them? And I'm like I'm missing a team. Whenever I'm missing a team, when I'm trying to write down the top six, it is always Tottenham Hotspur. I just, I mean, look and again, be, uh, we're talking about them now, but we're playing them at the weekend. I, I it's mad. I see it online because I, I see it was the, the Fighting Cup podcast put a tweet out that we're not too long. It was like. Liverpool, calling Liverpool a myth or something because Spurs have finished and it had the, the league table positions over the last eight years or whatever. I, yeah, I, I, I do feel as though, I, I, it's genuine, I'm sure they deny it, it does feel as though they are trying to create a, a just create a rival with me. I just, and maybe that's it, you know, I just don't see them. The and maybe is, it's got, you know, it's like when you wave, at, you think someone's waving at you or someone's looking at you and you perk up 
and they're not they're actually looking from behind this the most cripplingly embarrassing thing ever. I think that's what Tottenham are. I think they see Liverpool looking over at them and they're like, go on then, you're up for it, and then we walk we go, we walk over and they square up and we walk straight past them, walk over to have a conversation with Man City instead, and they're like, Oh yeah. You know what it it probably is? We were probably seen as the low-hanging fruit in the top four battle. You know what I mean? And for for all it was until they overtook us, they were probably looking and going, "We need to, we need to, we need to get ahead of them. We need to get ahead of them." They got ahead of us, and they thought that we'd be asked about it. We weren't asked about them per se. We were asked because we were crap, Mm. you know, for those few years and stuff like that. And it's like now it's like, well, we're back, and you aren't winning anything either. Uh, we're both playing really good football. We're not meeting you in semi-finals of competitions like we did when that rivalry was forged yeah. with Chelsea in the in the in the mid noughties we're, we're not meeting you in competitions now. If we start to meet you in finals yeah. and semi-finals yeah. and things, there will be a genuine rivalry. We just play you twice a year at the moment, Absolutely. like every other team in the league. That's it. Like as much as like, I see like City fans who would uh, declare on this, like talking about Liverpool and the atmosphere and talking, about, talking negatively about Liverpool and what have you. I think there's a sense of there's a sense of bitterness that came out of the rivalry, of course. But you're dead right. How can we have a rivalry with Spurs? They're just a they're just a team that we they're just one of the teams. They're one of the 19 teams that we play in the league twice a season. And yes, there's been a spell in recent years where they finished above us, but. Lots of teams finished above us. We've been shit for a lot of this for a lot of this time. We've gone through the most barren run in Liverpool's like 125 year history. It was inevitable that someone else was going to capitalise on us falling out of the falling out of the top four. But you did right, like Man City. I get it to some extent. There's a bit of the Manchester thing, of course. There's the we fact played that them in the Carlin Cup final. Yeah, or we played them in the yeah we played called. them in the League Cup final. In 13, 14, we had them. You know, we we, we ran it close for the for the Premier League title. We met them in the Champions League last season. Yeah, that's that's enough for it. That's enough for a not a proper rivalry, not like the way we have a rivalry with Man United, but an, at least enough for a rivalry that we had with Chelsea. You know, um, a modern rivalry kind of thing. Like, but yeah, and maybe it'll come. Maybe it'll come with space. But um, I just don't. I don't care. I think they're fine. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They're just fine, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, we'll see how the game gets on. We'll know more. Um, before we move on, I'm going to take some questions from, from you guys. Via, we, we got a few on Twitter, we got some on Facebook, and we got a load uh, from our subscribers as well. So we do an extended version, carrying on this podcast where we take a load more questions. Uh, a lot of them come from our from the people who subscribe to the RedmenTV.com. That video goes on there. But we take a few from from you guys. So obviously, if you're not a subscriber, it gives you a nice incentive to come over and listen to our wonderful answers to some 
absolute random bollocks. Um, but um, before we get over there, one thing that is on the website at the moment, uh, my good man, right there, Chris Pajak, spoke to the Mirrors, Dave Maddock, last week in, oh, the, in, so the, yeah, in the newsroom podcast. Here's a little clip. You can tell that they're not firing yet. I mean, and that's, that, you know, you, you watch them and you think, yeah, well, Salah's not quite firing. Firmino's not quite firing. The midfield, the interchange's not quite firing. Cater's not quite there yet, clearly, because he's, 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 he's fitting in. And, and, and so I spoke to Klopp about that and, and he basically said that, of course they're not, because they're essentially doing a pre-season while, during the season. So they're doing all the hard pre-season training during the week and then playing a game at the weekend. And and when you do that in pre-season, the game at the weekend, if you like, is a game where you can change the whole team at half time. Mm-hmm. You play 45 minutes. You can't do that in the Premier League. So, yeah, they're looking a bit leggy at times. And, and you could see it. I think particularly against Brighton, actually, was the one where you could see it. Um and 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 Klopp, to be fair, he's not saying it's just Liverpool. He said oh, yeah. City are the same, and he did say that. And and you can see in the performances they don't quite have that that absolute spark that they had at their peak last season. Liverpool don't either. Um, and and it's because obviously the World Cup, the most of the players have not come, didn't come back until maybe two weeks before the the start of the season, they've, and they've not really had a preseason. What he did say is it normally takes about six weeks, and of course after the international break that will be that period. So he thinks all of the players, with apart from maybe Lovren, who who couldn't train because of his his injury, they should all be a much higher level. And he said the stats show that they're beginning to get back to the level of last season. And obviously Liverpool do a lot of their work based on the stats now. And they can see that Liverpool are beginning to get back, but it's not quite there yet. The, the I, You know what, the level of that podcast, Chris, I mean, it started off It started off as something you were doing a lot via via Skype, getting something going and, and, and having these conversations that were journalists and a lot of it was around the transfer window and what have you. But like the guests that you're getting in, we're getting just brilliant people you got to speak to David Anderson the week before wasn't it yeah. and and obviously I'm, I'm Rob Gutman the, the week before that as yeah. well from the Anfield Rap and I love the format of that show because you know so often it does giving our opinions on things but to get somebody else's opinion on something it's really invaluable you know not only does it broaden your knowledge but it can hopefully broaden the viewers knowledge mm-hmm. as well like you just have to look at the comments on that show on the website and people are just like best guest you've had on there he's truly you can just tell he lives and breathes it and he understands it. He doesn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. He's a proper journalist, but with well-rounded views and I respect him so much. It was such an enjoyable show to do. Yeah, brilliant. So if you want to check that out, it's free for the first month. So get over to theredmentv.com. Start your free month trial. You've probably all seen it by now, but if you still want to check it out, it's still there. The Egan Klopp interviews there. Last year, we got to go all the way over to Rome to speak to Lucas Leiva. That's on there. There's just brilliant stuff, show after show, tons of extra content. So if you think that the YouTube stuff is just not sating your need for amazing Liverpool content, then we have got you covered a big time there. So go and check it out. Uh, questions then. A, a, a late edition, I've actually written this on on, on my agenda here. Um, so I'm, I apologize, Chris, I'm going to throw this at you blind, so to speak. Uh, Robbie the Red said, if you owned LFC, what would be the first new policy you introduced? No Carlsberg. Wow. That was... T- <laughs> it's been Gen- doing my head in for Gen- years. Put some nice beer on. You do have San Miguel. Yeah, it's in a tin, isn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do I mean? Yeah. Just get some nice beer, get me to, an Australia or to, something to like fair, on draft. It's all, it's, all, it's all crap in plastic anyway, isn't it? It's, this is too also, but terrible. A terrible terrible beer. is a terrible beer. Like, uh, I, unless they wish to sponsor the podcast, in which case I'm sure, I'm sure I could get probably... Get down the co-op and order yourself some Carlsberg. You can't sub into a glass and swap it for something that doesn't taste like urine. Um, that's a pretty that's a pretty solid policy, Chris. I don't think I can top that one. Great. I'd have gone with something like force the safe standing issue but there you go let's get rid of Carlsberg listen attainable goals it's a legal thing we, you know legally we can change Carlsberg um, oh, they've been long term supporters of Liverpool Football Club yeah um, good looking sponsor yeah mainly because it looked a lot like the it looked like a natural evolution of the candy one it did. didn't it um, okay great almost average oh, that, that's, that's what they're being that's not, is that's, <laughs> 
There's the new slogan. There you go. Almost, almost average. average. It's probably almost average. Uh, at almost at underscore almost average. Uh, what would be your uh, LFC Quidditch team? <laughs> I had to put this to you. Now you've I, you, you've 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 tried to soft bat this a touch. I think you had to you, you asked Sai for help. Like you didn't know what the roles in a Quidditch team. Were. I, I, you I, are a massive Harry Potter fan. Of course I am. Of course I am, but I've forgotten. You okay. know what I mean? Okay. I've forgotten loads. Sai, on the, as it turns out, knows a lot about Harry Potter. Honestly, I was like, well, you asked me, and Sai was just stood behind the camera over there, and he and he didn't say anything. And he, he heard me fumbling around, and he went, seeker, beater, keeper, chaser. And we, we, we sort of looked up, and we're like, didn't expect this from you, Sai. And then had a little conversation. What did they all do? And he's like, oh, this the seeker is the one that had Harry Potter role. The beater plays with the bludgeons or something like that. The keeper's obviously the keeper. And the like chaser that. and the chaser. Stop doing the, with that, like, with that bludgeon. There was one of them uh, chicken fajitas, them, them chicken fajitas. The I know what a chicken fajita is. I can order it as a chicken fajita. If fajitas. something isn't basically ready salted, like in a crisp, <laughs> you've got to say them Doritos, like, like, them the, flame weird, grilled them ones. Mad, them mad things you've got there that aren't, you know. But them, I'm willing to give it a go, like. Them, you know, them beaters and them, them bludgeons. So and then, gold, so, them then was, so then he was like, you know, he, he told us all about it. And then I was like, well, how many of each? And he's like, one seeker, two beaters, one keeper, three chasers. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, go ahead, yes, yeah. And he's like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. So, with those parameters in place. Seeker. The one who gets the golden snitch. Is that the Harry Potter? That's the Harry Potter. Andy Robertson. Ooh. Not like a Mohammed Salah? No. Okay. Andy Robbo. Okay. I mean, he, he literally will seek a ball out and chase it everywhere <laughs> from, from on the left pitch. left back to the opposition left back. Exactly. Okay, so. Beater. These are the guys, the bludgeons. They're called bludgeons. So they're the big things that they hit away that are going for our other players. So these are the protectors, almost the bodyguards, I suppose. Um, Virgil van Dijk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want his power, and I want Naby Keita for his technical ability, okay. um, and and you know his power and aggressiveness in the challenge okay. as well. Um, the keeper, I think, is is just going to be Allison yeah. because yeah. I didn't I didn't put any thought into it. Yeah. To be honest with you, no, might, have, yeah. might have another. Is that was, was Rana keeper? Uh, I think. Think. He was a failed keeper. Yeah, he was a failed keeper. Thanks. He said that with a lot of disdain in his voice there. If you could hear that, I'm not like, sure. Like, utter dis- shit. He really let us down. <laughs> Cost us the Quidditch World Cup, he did. Are you kidding me? Like, that, that, I had that 50 run. to 1 on Ron to make a save there in the Quidditch betting app. Sad. Um, I mean, three chases. I'm not I'm not messing around there. It's Firmino, Salah, and Mane. They're the lads who are trying to get the whatever ball into the back of the whatever net. Bang into it. it. Net. Bang into it. I'm, um, I'm I'm very aware that this is a, this is a bit of a Marmite question. There's probably a lot of people just going. We haven't talked about Harry Potter on the podcast for it's a long time. It's been a while. We used, to, we used to be a random Harry Potter reference yeah. per, per week. So there you go. Let's, let, let, hopefully that kicks it off. Um, or, you know, if you really hated that. You know, that'll not, be the end of it we'll never do the, it again that'll be the end of that uh, Stefan Spall I hear a lot of people talking about Milner leaving at the end of this year I can this see this is like water cooler chat yeah you or know, is over, he... like over here they're talking about Milner over there is Milner leaving go on needs to move to another club contract situation um, I've not heard anyone talking about this so but I, I once I, heard someone when I was walking down the street in fact I think so you we do what did he no, do? No, 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 don't go there. Okay. I once heard someone say, you know, he ran himself over chasing a jack of potato. And and I, I think... Isn't me that how Anton Yelchin died? Is that... No, so me and me and Aubrey were in Glastonbury, actually it was, um, when we heard this conversation. And 10 years later, we met Tom. And we were on we were on the drive home from, from here, funnily enough. And, you know, we happened to mention this... Aren't those funny, those random conversations where you just hear a snippet of it? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's the guy from um, East 17. He ran himself over as a potato <laughs> fell out of his car or something. And we were like, mystery solved. Brilliant. Ten years in the making. Fantastic. Solved it was a, solved I think it. it was a brilliant... Yeah, brilliant. Oh, yeah, now that you say it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> James Miller. Um, Stefan thinks he's our best midfielder. Uh, was best midfielder end of last year and started this one. I think we should absolutely keep him if we can. Your guys' thoughts? I I, I agree with this. I I think we reach a point. In, we've reached a point in modern football where everyone assumes that you can't that you've got to get sold or you've got to get released or you've got to reach a point where blah blah. blah. If James Milner is happy to to play a a staggered, diminished role for Liverpool because there will come a point, and it's not today, where he's not able to play every game, or maybe he's, maybe his ability-wise, maybe we upgrade 
beyond him. But this squad is never going to be worse for having James Milner in and around it. So for me, if you say you've got three years left in your career, yeah, I'd, I'd have them. I think we're we're in a really interesting time to be football fans at the moment, and it's always interesting, of course. But because of the explosion in sports science, we're only really seeing people who have done the right things throughout their entire career just now coming to the end of their careers. Yeah. And I think from a fan's point of view, we still have the expectations of you come into the side 2021, 20, 22, and you hit your peak at 27 and you're done by 32. It's pretty, it's like, a, that's actually quite a, you know, a dinosaur's way of looking at it. It's not yeah. going to be like that forever. You know, as you, people look after themselves more and more from age 10, let's say, yeah. all the way through when they're, when they're with a football club and they're, they're eating right and they're training right and all that type of stuff, we're going to see people have longer and longer careers. And I think what it comes down to at this stage of James Milner's career is whether he is going to be happy playing that bit part role like you talked about now. Uh, Andres Iniesta, for example wouldn't have been happy playing at the, at a diminished role in Barcelona, yeah. but still thinks he can carry on with his career. Yeah. So he went and left that football club. Whereas I think every probably Barca fan would rather have played a diminished role at a hundred percent of his of his talents yeah. for the next two years or something. But that comes down to personality. And I think James Milner accepted a long time ago that he could be a squad player mm-hmm. for much longer. I think you just have to look at his time at Manchester City. He left there because he, he felt like he could give more. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think at Liverpool, I wonder whether with a few more years under his belt, you'd be looking at going, I could really achieve some great things at the back end of my career here. It but it comes on, down to the type of person you are. It depends on the offers on the table. To be True. fair, it'll come True. down to him. You know, is is a situation Leeds under Bielsa get into the Premier League and they go, right, James Milner. Is the your career with us, well, exactly. Here's the, Le- here's the Leeds captain's armband coming off two more, the last two years of your career back at your, you know, your, your hometown club or whatever. Gerard's that, talked about it as well, hasn't he? How how he would rather, looking back now, just ended his career at Liverpool playing a slightly different role. Yeah, but at the it. time, couldn't see past not being first choice all the time. Yeah, funny. It's funny. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy whose ego would get in the way like that. No. So yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, and he's absolutely good enough to keep it on for the next couple of years. Yeah, Adam Ray, who's uh, one of our subscribers on the website, asks if you could swap any. Th- Three Premier League teams with European teams. Who would they be? Who would you swap them with, and why? First one that came into my head was Man United. Just get rid of them. Okay. So then, then we're the most. Um, we've won the most honours in English football once again. <laughs> First and foremost, simple. Um, and where am I putting them? Probably Dortmund. I'm swapping them with. A, I think you know I'd like to see Dortmund twice a year. I'd like to go over to that stadium. But B, they'd forever be a Munich shadow, and that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, that would be good. That would be. And I would just be. They, they, they face it, but they probably win. They'll win loads of titles. But yeah, one be, in ten. Yeah, you'd slow. You'd slow but Munich buy down Munich, a bit as but, well. But buy Munich would just nick all of their players. That'd be class. It'd be great. Yeah, it'd be great. I. So I've gone. A bit more top line on this without having to go without going into specifics, but I would take the three teams. Like it's it's slightly convoluted by the fact that Stoke aren't in the Premier League anymore. But I would take the three teams that Liverpool who, who are just the most horrible. So in years gone by, it would have been Stoke, West Brom, anyone managed Bolton by Sam. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I would replace them with three absolutely middle of the road La Liga teams yeah. take your pick because they're all crap they all want to play a nice passing brand of football and they're all used to turning up against the big boys bending over and getting smacked everywhere so uh, yeah I, I would, I, I'd, be, I'd be happy to change the status quo a little bit in there get rid of any team that plays football in the oh Dogs of War English style and get some just really, just really get a Getafe in there oh, nice. and a Rio Vallecano and a, you know, whatever. And uh, that would be absolutely, that would be absolutely splendid. So, my second one was, and I've changed the rules slightly because I always change the rules on one of, of the questions. I'm getting rid of Chelsea, but I'm swapping them with Barca B so they can't get promoted. So, they take the rules from Barca B because they can't go into the top league. So, Chelsea can only ever play in the <laughs> yeah. second division. <laughs> Great. And then, and then, thirdly, I'm swapping City with Bilbao, but City now can't get players from outside the 
region. Greater the Manchester. Manchester yeah, exactly. Region. So that's... for all the fucking money in the world, so matters take, not. You take the Basque rule and the, yeah, brilliant. Okay, that's great. Yeah, brilliant. I think that, that wins without a, without a, without a doubt. Uh, one final question. Again, Kieran K.A., uh, who's another one of our website subscribers, says, which Liverpool player mispronunciation annoys you the most? Mine is either Firmino or when people say Kaita, like later, or I should, I should whenever people say Kaita correctly. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. So the Kaita one doesn't really annoy me too much, mainly because I say it three different ways myself. Kaita, 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 Kita, Kiata. Um, <laughs> Firmino does really peck me head. Yeah, it's like yes, we had Coutinho. Yes, he had the H in his name. <laughs> No, his name is not a mix of the two names put together. Um, And Mingale, Aubrey, Reynolds. Yeah. And how we've got another person in here that says Mingale as well. Ross. Ross says Mingale. Ross says Mingale. Does he do it it tongue in cheek? No. Maybe that's just. Just, no, he doesn't. No. No. Ross! Um, so the, fi- the first word of the podcast, dissing Ross, and the final portion of the podcast is dissing Ross. I don't know why it came, it came back to me the other day, but I, you know what it was? I, I found out that John Motson's not, is not, not retired from commentary, he's commentating on, on talk sport, and I remembered that his pronunciations on things, he used to do some mad stuff on Matt today, and there was a mate of mine growing up who used to call Julian Jochum, Julian Joachim, yeah. and it used to... Do my was it Aubrey? Because I think no, he did the same no. as well. It was, I think well, it might have been my proxy, but it was. A, I never told you a mate of mine called Sam Collins, and and because he knew it wound me up, he steadfastly stuck to his guns because he'd heard it once on match the day said like that, and it's like it's not how you say his name. Yeah, the Firmino thing absolutely drives me. Hoopia used to do me. T- not I don't like. Too. I do hip hippie. I know hoopia. I just hoopia was what I used to. Sammy hoopia. Yeah, I didn't like that one. I just like hippie. It was just a bit like. Just the, the the PR scouts way of saying it, wasn't it? Like, Perfect. Uh, yeah. Um, I, what you know? Actually, it's Smeecher. I'm not having Smeecher, and yet apparently, if I, 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 well, I got corrected by Stephen Gerrard that it's that it's Smeecher. I'm sorry, it's not. It's, it's Smeecher. Yeah. It always has been, and it always will be. Smeecher, innit? Um, no, Stevie. No, but I'd never say that to your face because really intimidated. Um, great. Thanks for that, Chris. We've got loads more questions coming up on the subscriber Q and A this week. Um, what is the best non-Liverpool and non-England game that you've seen? Uh, why are the United fans so obsessed with us? Because apparently there's an there's an Allison sex tape doing the rounds. Uh, Chris is going to be reacting to that live. Um, Todd Bell. If it's real, I'm surprised I've not seen it. Yeah. Uh, what our perfect takeaway is? Go ahead. Um, best Liverpool band that is in the Beatles and, and advice on going to university for people who are about to go uh, from us. <laughs> By the way. Uh, yeah, get over to the redmentv.com, sign up for that. Um, thank you very much, Chris. This has been an absolute has been. pleasure. Um, drop a like on this. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that right now, and we will see it all. And listen to you can listen to us. Damn it! Get that so wrong. Close. So close. Blame Ross. Walk on. <laughs> Damn.